0: welcome everyone to kingdom rock radio we pray that you will enjoy today's message now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today so the lord gives me this word to give to you if you have felt tolerated put down discarded not good enough realize that the father fights for you if you felt that you can never get it together. Someone else always steps in front of you. The Father always fights for you. Always starts. He will always fight for you. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, Here is today's message. Now, if you know anything about um, Leah and Rachel, we'll be speaking about them this morning. You'll find them in Genesis, the 29th chapter, Genesis 29. And this all starts with a man named Jacob. We know that Jacob was a little scoundrel. He was a trickster, right? And he uh, schemed and connived his way into stealing his brother Esau's birthright. And so it came to pass that Isaac was dying, and Jacob goes in to Isaac, and his mother, I don't want to say coerced him, but convinced him to maybe to glue some hair on him so that he would be nice and hairy like his brother Esau. And and Jacob goes in to his father, and his father gives him the birthright. When his brother finds out, Esau finds out, oh boy, I'm going to get you. His mama said, Jacob, you got to get out of Dodge. Now, I'm paraphrasing that now. He said, you got to get out of Dodge. You got to get out of here, Jacob. So Jacob takes off running, running from his brother Esau, who is hopping mad at him. Jacob eventually gets to a place where he's looking for his uncle Laban. Laban, looking for him, and he winds up at a well. And he asked some shepherds around the well, uh, have you heard of Laban? And they said, yeah, we know him. He said, well, is he doing okay? Oh, yeah, he's doing fine. Here comes his daughter now, Rachel. And she's, uh, she's bringing some sheep over and we're gonna water our sheep here. Well, Rachel gets there and, and uh, he discovers, yes, you're my cousin. It was okay at that time for cousins to intermarry. Back in Bible times, by the way. Bible times. And so Jacob sees Rachel. Oh, and the Bible declares, oh, she was a beautiful looking woman. Beautiful looking woman, shapely and everything. And so finally, Laban hears about it and Laban runs out and he hugs Jacob and, hey, you're my kinfolk. You need to come on over here. So Jacob winds up at Laban's house, and he's been working there, probably as a shepherd, a sheep sheep herder, for for a while now. And we're going to take up here at Genesis 29, verse number 15. And it says, And Laban said unto Jacob, Because thou art my brother, or because you're my kin, shouldest thou therefore uh, serve me for naught? Are you going to work for nothing? Tell me, what shall thy wages be? And Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah. Rather, Leah. Leah. If I say Leah, I may be thinking about Star Trek. No, that's Star Wars. Anyway, so just substitute if I say that, okay? All right. It says here, the name of the elder was Leah. Leah. And the name of the younger was Rachel. Verse 17, Leah was the was uh, what? Tender eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and well favored. So again, Leah, Bible says, was tender eyed. That is, she didn't have a there was no spark in her eye. That is, she was less attractive very much less attractive than her beautiful sister Rachel. Now I want you to understand something Laban asks Jacob what do you want? What do you want for your wages? For your salary here? What what do you want? And so probably they are sitting around together. Jacob is sitting with Laban and his two daughters are sitting can you imagine them sitting in the corner somewhere or maybe they are preparing food imagine the beautiful rachel and the less attractive leah they're sitting there in the corner and they they are both at the marrying age and i'm sure they're wondering leah is saying well if this thing is about marriage, I know he's going to pick you, Rachel. Even though I am the elder sister, I'm sure he's going to pick you because of how you look and how you are. Can you see Leah living under Rachel's shadow? Even though she was the older sister, living under Rachel's shadow, because the men would always come around and prefer her. Her. They always looked at Rachel and sort of despised Leah. I want you to see this because this really is is everything. And if you know about this account, we're going to go a little bit further. If you know about this account, the father really chose Leah over Rachel for Jacob. Leah was actually... Be, actually became the mother of Judah. Judah, of course, would bring, the tribe of Judah, co- of course, would bring forth uh, the, the, the righteousness of Christ, would bring forth Jesus out of the lineage of Judah, right? And also Levi was also, being, was also born of Leah, and of course, that would be the priesthood. So Leah was actually very much favored, but she lived her life in the shadow of another. And I want you to see this, how God is really raising up right now the Leah generation, because there are a lot of people that say, I don't look good as she does. I don't have the education as this person. Um, my business is not like that, Uh, they have the bigger business, they have the bigger church, they have the, the bigger ministry, and we see ourselves as small, but God sees you as highly favored. He's going to use the Leah generation in this hour, if you can get in here with me. And so the Bible says again that Leah was tender eyed. And that sounds like Isaiah 53. Let's look at this, Isaiah 53, verses 2 and 3. Because I show you, I tell you this, that God has gold hidden in earthen vessels. Gold hidden in earthen vessels. Listen to the description of Jesus and see how he favors or how she favors Jesus. Listen to this, Isaiah 53, verse number 2. It says, my servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. Can you see this? Look at verse 3. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with deepest grief we turned our backs on him and looked the other way he was despised and we did not care for a moment you would think we're talking about i uh, think we're talking about leah You think we're talking about her because she was despised she was rejected she was looked over but i'm telling you that there is a leah generation that god favors By the same token, when God was looking for a king, he sent Samuel uh, to look for a king among Jesse's sons. Samuel gets there with his horn of oil and he looks at uh, Eliab and and all of of David's brothers that were tall and kingly. But God told Samuel that don't look at their outer appearance because I look at the heart. There is something hidden. There is gold hidden in earthen vessels. And it, it is this hidden gold that God will use in this hour. This hidden treasure that you did not know exists, that you have to look beyond the surface, beneath the surface, you actually see. Even in the uh, Apostle Paul, who was once Saul, who would have thought that Saul would be the greatest apostle? There was gold hidden beneath the surface. And I pray today that you will identify with being A leah, rather and not a Rachel. Because no no matter how beautiful you are or how attractive you are, I guarantee you there's somebody else that's gonna make you look ugly. (laughs) I guarantee you, I guarantee you, no matter how fast you are, there's someone faster. No matter how intelligent you are, there's always someone else more intelligent. Always somebody else. But God is raising up, we can say also the underdog, if you will. The one that has the gold wrapped up inside. The one that Jacob was immature to see. Now I want you to notice this. Because God used the Rachel to bring Joseph to the place where he can come in contact with the Leah. Jacob was too immature to see if... If the Lord allowed Leah to come out at the well, I highly doubt that he would have said, oh, yes, you are the one I want to marry. Because he was still in the flesh and not in the spirit. If he would discern her by the spirit, he would have taken her immediately. But he was still very fleshly and still very carnal. He could not see the gold that was lying on the inside of her. How God had chosen her. How out of her weakness God would bring forth strength. I want you to see this the bible says in verse 17 that again that uh, that leah was tender-eyed but rachel was beautiful and well favored look at verse 18 and jacob loved rachel and said i will serve thee seven years for rachel thy thy younger daughter he chose He said I'll serve you seven years why would he serve seven years because listen in Bible times as it is in some um, some other nations today it was it was proper to pay a dowry or a bride's price Jacob was broke didn't have a job didn't have any income but he knew that he had to pay the bride's price and so he paid for her through free labor I'll labor for you for seven years. She is worth seven years to me. I'll labor for you for seven years to receive her as a wife. Now, I want to show you and give you another example, another story of why this dowry was so important and what it actually meant. There was a there was a, a certain farmer that had that actually had uh, five daughters, five daughters. And they lived in a small town, this this, uh, community that was not too far from the ocean. And this farmer was known by his daughters, how his daughters were so beautiful. They were gorgeous. And they were known from far and wide. But there was one daughter that was not so attractive among the rest of them. She was more homely. And so the suitors would come, and they would bring their, uh, their dowries. And one of the most expensive things of that day was a cow. It was a cow. And you would hear commotion as somebody would come down the road with a cow. The farmer had five daughters. And so the eldest, oh, she was gorgeous, And they were all outside, and then they heard all the commotion come through the town. There was a there was a roar because somebody was bringing a cow down the road for her. They they were bringing that cow in. That little bell was ringing, 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 and they were excited. And then the man finally got to the door and and said, "Yes, I will. I will give you this cow for this young lady." Oh, they were so excited. They were so excited. And so she married off, and they lived not too far from there. You could see their house. Not too long after that, another man came down the road going for the a second daughter. But this time, he, as he was going down the road, you could hear not only one cow come around the co- corner. You could see it, but two cows come around the corner. But three cows coming around the corner for this, because he said, you are a three cow woman. you were worth three cows. And so they were excited and everybody rejoicing. Who has gotten three cows before? And so he took her into his nice house. And there you see it up on the hill, that nice house and where she is. And the other daughter's just jealous. The third daughter came. It was time for her. She was old enough now. And yet another suitor came to town, but not one cow, but two. Here were two cows. And so she went in with her husband. There's a nice house over there. And the fourth daughter, the same, the fourth daughter also received two cows, but the last daughter, the fifth daughter, no one ever really expected very much out of her. One day, another man came to town. He arrived on his ship. He'd heard about the beauty of the farmer's daughters. It was renowned. And so he came to town, got off his big, fancy ship. And he asked, he inquired, where is this farm? Where is this place with all the beautiful daughters? And they told him, well, all of them are married off but, you know, one who's less attractive than the others. He said, I will go and see for myself. So he gets to the house. He knocks on the door and says, Sir, I would see your daughter. I'm looking for a wife. He gets in the house. He, and they, they open the door. He gets in and the farmer brings her, his daughter out, this fifth child out. The man looks her over and turns and walks out the door. The girl was devastated. Devastated. Let down and disappointed again. I'll be here and I'll never get married. She cried and she cried and she cried. No one heard from that man. But three months later another ship pulled back in the port. It was an even bigger ship this time. And he pulled over. That man there, he got out of the ship and he had on nice regal clothes. And everybody wondered, isn't that that same man? What is he doing here? He got off that ship and behind him was a herd of cattle. Right behind him. About 15 cows. Right behind him as he's coming down the road. The bell's jingling, ding, 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 ding. Everybody's looking, what in the world is going on? And he gets to the farmer's door and he knocks and he says, Sir, I'm sorry it took me so long. I'm, I'm so embarrassed. When I look at your daughter, I realize that I was not adequately, adequately supplied uh, for her. I had to go back home and get my cattle, get all of them. Here are 30 cows. 30 cows that I'm bringing for her. May I have your daughter in marriage? She was a 30 cow girl. Talk about honor in the whole town, the whole community. He saw her worth. And there's her house. So huge. He moved there. No one would have ever expected that he would look beyond her flesh and see her true worth. The name Leah means weary. Weary. Somebody that has been through something. The name Rachel means U, that's E U E, rather E W E, U. That's a female sheep. You can either marry a pretty young thing that will just do whatever you want him to her to do, like hop on one foot and bark like a dog. (laughs) Some of you may get that reference later. Don't worry about it. Or you can marry somebody who has been through something who understands pain, who understands disappointment, who knows what love really is. The Leah generation. Well, it came time again for Jacob to choose which one he would have to wife. He chose. He said, I want Rachel. And I'll serve seven years to have her. That's the price for Rachel. But isn't it something that God will allow you? And as you know this, as the account goes, he actually got Leah first and not Rachel. Because God knows your heart, but he said uh, to Laban, and we'll look at this, that Laban, you deceived me. And We'll look at that. I really want you to see this. But it was actually God's intention to give Jacob what he needed first then after a while, after a while, give you what you want. The Lord is a master at giving you what you need and then giving you what you want. Let's look on verse verse 21. And Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife. After the seven years had passed, he had labored for her for seven years. Why seven years? Of course, that was the price of The bride's price, the dowry, He had to work first. He had to get up the money first. Free labor. The labor was paid. The money was presented through his labor. And now he has a wife. He said, give me my wife now. Give me my wife, he says, for my days are fulfilled. That I may go in unto her. What does Laban say here in verse twenty-two? and And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. Hey, before we do that, you waited seven years. Let's have a party first. How about that? You want to have a bridal party? Let's party, man. Don't worry about it. If you know anything about the customs of the day at the, at the bridal celebrations, the wedding celebration, there's always wine. Caleb talked about that. About the new wine, there in one of his uh, walks through the Bible, one of his Bible commentaries. You listen to that. There was wine, wine a flowing. And then in verse number 23, it says And it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to him, and he went in unto her. That night, He had well drunk. Come on, Leah. Come on with me. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Let's go back for a second. Go back for a second. Since Jacob has been here, he's been talking about Rachel. Rachel, come on, baby, let's go to to eat, let's go to eat today, hey, 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 uh, Leah, how you doing, hey, Rachel, come on over here, honey, let's go, me and you, we're going to have build a house, we're going to have a fine time together, we got another seven, we got another, what, one year to go, we got two years to go, whatever, you know, I'm paying for you, girl, we're going to have a beautiful life, just me and you, oh, hey, 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 Leah, how you doing, yeah, (laughs) good to see you, (laughs) yeah, all right, come on over here, Rachel, yeah, I'm laboring for you, girl, you know I love you, twist around, honey, woo, you so fine. Oh, you're going to make me a good wife. We're going to have a lot of children together. I'm telling you. Oh, Rachel, me and you, me and you, me and you, me and you. And it gets time, finally, that the time has expired. He's paid all. The dowry is paid up. The bride's price paid up. Laban says, let's have a party. Fine. Drinks are flowing. Fine. And at night with we he's well drunk, Goes in now, it's time for me to go in. I'm coming, Rachel. Hope you're ready. I'm coming. He goes into her. Let's skip on down. Let's skip on down to uh, verse 25. And it says, And it came to pass that in the morning, behold, it was, it was Leah. Uh, oh, what the! It was Leah, and he said unto he said to Laban, uh, "What is this that thou hast done unto me? Did not I did not I serve thee uh, serve with thee for Rachel? Wherefore then hast thou beguiled me?" Notice what he said. And notice how also Leah, or rather Leah, must have been feeling. Daddy told me to come over here and get in here. Notice what Rachel must have been feeling. It's time I have my makeup on, Have my pretty on. It's time. Waited for seven years. Laban says, Rachel, sit down. Leah, come on. You're first. The one that was despised, the one that was put down, the one who lived in her sister's shadow, the one who thought, I'll never get married. This man is serving for her. No, Rachel, sit down. Leah, come on. It's your time. It's your time. He may not love you yet, daughter, but he will. Go ahead. Jacob gets up and he despises her. He says, Laban, what have you done unto me? That sounds strange, doesn't it? He says, what is this that thou hast done to me? What is this that thou hast done to me? What have you done to me? What does that mean? Because that sounds really strange. What have you done to me? Because understand culturally, what took place in that tent is that covenant was made. In the bridal chamber it was customary for the bride and groom to to consummate their marriage on white sheets so that the after the consummation was over if there was ever a controversy of whether the woman was a virgin or not she could bring forth or produce the bloody sheets and say this this you see this I was a virgin on this time at this time of our wedding consummation you can't get rid of me. I have the bloody sheets. Now the blood, when the, when the hymen of the, of the woman was penetrated, blood would flow. Blood is a sign of the covenant. You are now in covenant with me, Jacob. Jacob says to Laban, what have you done for me? What have you done to me? Because I am now in covenant with this woman and she's not the one that I want. I am now bound by God and bound by law to her. I must now provide for her. I must now be there for her, but she's not the one that I want. So she would be despised. Oh, well, can you imagine somebody tolerating you? Tolerating, you feel tolerated, feel, ever felt tolerated before? That's the Leah generation. You don't really want me around, but I realize that you're obligated to me, but you don't really want me. Can you imagine how she must feel? Verse 26, Laban said, uh, it must be, it must, it must not be so done in, the, in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Laban flipped that thing around. Oh, I forgot to tell you about that little law we got here in town. So you, you got to have the older sister first. Verse 27 Fulfill her week, Laban says to Jacob Fulfill her week, and we will give thee this also for the service which thou shalt serve with me yet seven other years. In other words, he's saying to him, Tolerate her for another week. Get finished with your marriage week. Just tolerate her. uh, Put up with her. After this week, I'll give you Rachel, but you're going to have to serve me for another seven years if you want her. Here's Leah. She gets her husband. She has her husband legally before God, before man. She's able to be with her husband by herself. Just the two of them for seven days. After that, then the other woman steps in. She's able to enjoy her husband, just me and Jacob, for seven days. After the seven days are over, now, he says, now I can finally have the woman I really want. I want Rachel. But there's a difference between these two. Relationships, and I'm going to bring this thing to a close. There's so much more. You'll understand that after, even after he married Rachel, God saw Leah's or Leah's misery, he saw that she was hated. Let's, matter of fact, let's look at that. Let's go there. I want to show you this. Oh, there's so much. There's so much. Let's look at verse number 27. And it says, and Jacob did so and fulfilled her and, f- and fulfilled her week, and he gave him Rachel, his daughter, to wife also, and Laban gave to Rachel uh, his daughter uh, Bilhah, uh, his handmaid, to be her maid. Verse thirty, and he went in also unto Rachel, and he loved also Rachel more than Leah. And serve with him yet seven other years. Now, I want you to get this. We know that through this account that Leah is about to produce children. Pop, pop, pop. Because God is about to open her womb. Rachel's womb was not open. She was barren. Now this is for a number of factors, but let me give you one key factor here. Are you ready to hear this? When Jacob married Leah, the dowry was completely paid. But when he married Rachel, he married her in debt. He got her off credit. He got her own credit. He worked the first seven years and got that money up and paid and said, where's my wife? It's done. Laban said, okay, it's fine. Here, here's Leah. Oh, you want Rachel? Serve another seven years. So the clock started ticking. He was now paying the dowry for Rachel. She was on credit. And everything that she would have would now belong to Laban because she was with him on credit. God closed her womb. Laban, you're not going to get anything from this daughter. But after the time had expired, actually after Leah had seven children, then God said, the Bible says that God remembered Rachel and she got pregnant. You're not going to, nobody's going to turn to God and say, you know, God, you owe me this. You owe me this. The bride produced that was paid off. The children were produced to the wife that were born free. Leah produced children that were born free. If Rachel had produced children, they would have been born in slavery. Born in debt. Born in bondage. So God Closed the womb at the same time he also exalted Leah and let her younger sister see that God had favored her the Leah generation favored now here's another thing too we can see about this that's one thing about Jacob you may not like me but you will produce with me Jacob may not have liked to have her around or at family barbecues. Come on, come on, Rachel. I'm going to show you all Leah. Mm, yeah, that's my wife too. She's back there. I may not, I mean, you may not go around her in the day, but at night you're still in her tent. You're in her tent. Watch out for folk that don't mind being around you when nobody else is around, but in the daytime they're ashamed of you. But Leah was the one producing the babies. And the worth of a woman back in Bible times was through childbirth. And if a woman could produce sons, she was thought to be highly valued and highly favored with the Lord. If a woman was barren, they were thought to be cursed. So here's Leah producing all these children. Pop, 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 pop. And every time she produced a child... Let's look at us let's, let's look at what happened here. Let's look at this. Let's look at verse 31. And when the Lord saw that that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Verse 32. And Leah conceived and bare a son, and she called his name Reuben, for she said, surely the Lord have looked upon my affliction. Look at that next phrase. Now, therefore, my husband will what? Now he'll love me. Can you feel her pain? A, I pray you never be involved in a relationship that you're, you have to be there, and you know you just tolerate it. Now he'll love me. Can you imagine living in a relationship like that, living in a marriage like, like that? You're giving your life. You're, you're hoping that now, you, now you'll love me. Look at verse 32. And she conceived again and bare a son and said, because the Lord hath heard, I was hated. He hath therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. Verse 34. And she conceived again and bare a son and said, now this time will my husband be joined to me. That phrase be joined to me means means Now he'll feel affection for me. You know, it's possible. Possible to be intimate with somebody without loving them, without having any affection for them. Just two bodies rubbing together. You think that's intimacy? No, that's a curse. And because of the blood covenant that God established for marriage. The devil fights that so very much because now virginity is seen as something that you need to just get rid of. But it's a covenant to be made between a husband and a wife that will bond them. It's a covenant relationship that is ordained by God. Blood is covenant, the shedding of blood is covenant. That's why you look at the Lord Jesus. The Bible says that. Through the shedding of his blood, we have remission of sins. The covenant, the covenant, the relationship is there bound by God. Are you hearing? This is why, young ladies, if you have lost your virginity before you get married, you need to also ask God for your virginity to be restored, that the relationship may be put back together as one. And this is why many people say, I'll never forget my first. Why? Because that's covenant. That's covenant. But thank God that He's the one who can restore covenant. He can break old ones, hallelujah, break old soul ties, break them away. Whether we, we have made mistakes and errors, He can break those and renew a fresh covenant. The blood of Jesus is stronger than any human covenant. He can wash away the old and bring forth the new. Are you still with me? She says, Now my husband is going to really be, he's really going to be affectionate toward me. Because I have borne him three sons, therefore, uh, was his name called Levi? Verse number 35, and she conceived again and bare a son, and she said, now will I praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name Judah. And left bearing, she stopped having children at that point. Now I will praise the Lord. She was the one who would bring forth the lineage of Christ. Jesus will be born of the tribe of Judah. She was carrying that in her, not Rachel, because the Christ is not going to be born enslaved. He's not going to be born under debt. Verse chapter 30, verse one says, when Rachel saw that she wasn't having any children for Jacob. She became jealous of her sister. She pleaded with Jacob, give me children, or I'll die. Then Jacob became furious with, with Rachel. Am I God? He asked. He is He's the one who has kept you from having children. She gets jealous now. Rachel, the beautiful, the fair, is now jealous. Of her older sister. Once Leah lived under Rachel's shadow, God flipped that thing. And now Rachel is living under Leah's shadow. The Leah generation, let me say this very plainly. The Leah generation may not look great on the outside. It may be in a building that's halfway completed. He may be in a building with dirt floors, but inside there is the glory and the anointing and the presence of God. The lead generation may not drive the finest uh, car or live in the finest house, but inside there is a the glory of God. Yeah. And you will see God flip that thing over. The worst will become the best, the last will become first. Yes, the lead generation. So the Lord gives me this word to give to you. If you have felt tolerated, put down, discarded, not good enough, realize that the Father fights for you. If you felt that you can never get it together, someone else always steps in front of you. The Father always fights for you. Always starts. He will always fight for you. Maintain your integrity. Maintain your integrity. It's all you have to do. Continue to worship and honor him, and he will definitely see you through. The Leah generation. It's your time. It's your time. Laban's about to bring you forward. You're about to be preferred over Rachel. It's your time. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for the words you've given us today. Lord, I pray by your spirit that you would continue to give your people wisdom and revelation and knowledge over what you're saying, over what the Leah generation is and and how they have place in it and how you are preferring them above others. Men prefer one thing, but you prefer the other, something completely different. Thank you, Lord, for their fruitfulness that you're bringing about And thank you, Lord, for the magnificent change that you're bringing in their lives. Thank you, Lord, for the fruit that will come forth from the word that you've given today. Thank you for the signs and wonders that shall come forth from the word that you're giving today. As the last are about to become first. (laughs) Thank you, Father, as you turn the tables once again. Thank you, Lord. You show that you are truly God. You are truly God. And truly in control. Help us to maintain our integrity through it all. Because you are really in full control. What the enemy meant for evil. You turn it around and make it good. We give you praise in Jesus name. Amen. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. We never want to stop a broadcast without giving you, my friends, the opportunity to give your life to the Lord Jesus. Maybe you felt depressed and down and out and tolerated. Well, let me tell you, through Christ Jesus, the Lord turns that thing completely around in your life. It all starts and ends with Jesus. So the Bible is very clear: to be saved, you simply have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. The Bible says that we have to believe, uh, believe the Lord Jesus, and repent, repent and believe the gospel. We turn to Him. We turn away from the evil, and we turn to Jesus. Only He can help you to live uh, a holy and godly life. You won't be able to do that by yourself. It's going to take Him. Every single day, step by step, moment by moment to empower you to live this life like him, live, live this life godly, to live his life in the spirit and not in the flesh. So if you believe in Jesus and his death, burial and resurrection and you want to receive him as your Lord and Savior, then I can pray this simple prayer with you right now. This is what I call a, a first prayer uh, to our father. And the Bible says, if you come to him, he will in no wise cast you out. So I ask you just to pray the simple prayer with me. It is not the prayer that saves you. It is your faith in Jesus. It is your belief in him that saves you. This is just our first conversation. So let's pray together. And everybody here with me, let's pray together with our friends that are joining us. If you're in this room today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life, or you said, i have backslidden from God and I don't know where I am with him. Well, then let's talk to the Father together. Let's, let's pray. Just say with me, Father, I come to you, a sinner in need of a Savior. I admit that I have sinned. I have, I have come short of your glory for my life. I believe in Jesus, in his death, in his burial, and his resurrection and that he's alive forevermore. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, make me yours, and I'll serve you all the days of my life as you show me how. From this moment forth, I confess, Jesus, you are my savior. You are my Lord. You are my God. I'm your people. You are my shepherd. I am your sheep. I am yours. And you are mine. Now fill me. With your Holy Spirit. And give me the evidence. Of a changed life. I thank you Father. For saving me. In Jesus name. Amen. Well my friend. I pray that you pray that pray with me. And if you did from the sincerity of your heart, the depths of your heart, by faith, I believe the Father has heard you. And because of your faith in Jesus, I would say welcome to the family of God. Don't forget to go to our website at kingdomrock.org. Let us know what the Father's doing in your life and how we can pray with you. Until next time, remember Jesus loves you. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We will see you on the next time. Bye-bye.